Yes, indeed. That's the name of our show, KCU 88.1 FM. Streaming live on the website and over our FM stream, always available to listen in the TuneIn Radio app and anywhere you enjoy your podcast. Talk a little sports history on a Sunday night. I do apologize for getting on the air late, but I thank you for your patience to our live audience. Got a good show for you. This is something that I've been wanting to do for a while. We are doing an all-hockey show. That's right. We are covering one of Canada's greatest games and one of America's underrated pastimes. On the show this afternoon, happy to have you with us. First, we'll start with a look at the weekend's darling. An NHL emergency goalie took the ice last night. We'll talk more about other NHL emergency goalies, and then we'll wrap it up with some trade deadline talk. One man was traded nine times. We'll profile his career and talk about other trade deadline outliers. Happy to have you with us. Been a great weekend of sports. Lots going on. Upsets galore in college basketball. We'll get back to our regularly scheduled content in a couple weeks. I won't have a show next week due to travel. Won't have one the week after that. But March 15th should be the next edition of the show for our regular audience. And again, I do thank you and always appreciate your support. Let's start right off the bat with the story that everybody's talking about. If you don't know the day, the name David Ayers by now, if you even remotely pay attention to hockey, you probably do. The darling of the NHL was forced into action last night for the Carolina Hurricanes, a team that was just a win away from the Eastern Conference Finals win and onto the Stanley Cup last year. They found themselves in a pinch against the Toronto Maple Leafs on the road in the Air Canada Center last night. Both of its goalies fell to injury by the second period last night. James Reimer, the former Toronto Maple Leaf, actually started the game. He's been up and down this year for Carolina. He took a pretty bad injury, and Coach Ron Brindamore said that, quote, he's going to be out for a while. So don't expect to see him back in net anytime soon. After their hands were forced, Carolina was forced to bring in former Detroit Red Wing Peter Morasic. And he took over until late in the second when he collided with a Leafs defenseman and had to be helped off the ice. Enter David Ayers, a Zamboni driver for the Maple Leafs AHL affiliate in Toronto, the Toronto Marlies. He signed to assume that role of emergency goaltender for both squads. In case you don't really know how that works, all AHL teams have to have an emergency goalie available they can suit up for either team, but they typically sign a contract. Both teams usually get them a uniform in the case that they might have to get into the game. Ayers is a 42-year-old, and get this, folks, he underwent a kidney transplant in 2004, 16 years ago, back when he was a 26-year-old lad. He's worked his way all the way back into playing hockey. Good for him alone by that. This was not the first time that he was thrown into a situation like this, however. He had served as the emergency goaltender for the Charlotte Checkers, the, what do you know, Carolina Hurricanes, AHL affiliate, in a February 1st game against the Marlies. So while the Checkers were on the road, sure enough, the Marlies turned to their Zamboni man to fill the need in case of an emergency. Now, according to the NHL, when Ayers got in late in the second period, regardless of position, he became the second oldest player ever to make his NHL debut. 
42 years old, Lester Patrick was the only player that was older when he made his debut on March 20th, 1927 with the New York Rangers. Now, Ayers got off to a bit of a rocky start. He led into the first one right through the wickets against NHL All-Star John Tavares. Can you imagine yourself just getting thrown on the ice haphazardly with no fair warning, very little preparation, and face one of the sport's most elite stars? John Tavares, the Leafs winger, ripped one right through his wickets, and Toronto was back within two. The Leafs would add another goal before the end of the period, and things were looking ugly. It might have been a foregone conclusion at this point, and Carolina might have had to cut its losses, especially after one of their top-pairing defensemen went down in the late second on one of the goals scored by Toronto. But head coach Brad Brindabore, we already mentioned him early, went back up to him and told Ayers, hey, make some stops for us, bud. He said they were not going to drop back their defensemen. They were going to keep attacking, and that they did. And wouldn't you know it, Ayers stepped up. He stoned Toronto after the second. Seven saves in the final period. The Canes would add on two goals to give them even more of a cushion. And Carolina walks away with a shocking 6-3 to win with a 42-year-old emergency goaltender in net yesterday in Toronto. What a story that is. David Ayers works his way all the way back from a kidney transplant. Zamboni driver by day, Kane savior by night. This isn't going to be the end of this story, though. Carolina says on Twitter that they're planning to bring him to Tuesday's game against the Dallas Stars to serve as their siren sounder. Honorary position as part of their home games in Raleigh. Interestingly, though, Ayers becomes the first NHL emergency goalie to ever win a game. Not only that, he was named the first star of the game. And this contest has huge implications on the Eastern Conference wildcard picture. Carolina and Toronto have been battling it out for quite a while. The Canes, as I mentioned, were just a couple wins away from the Stanley Cup final last year. Toronto lost in the first round again. They're trying to avoid that. But the Maple Leafs entered this game with 72 points. Carolina with the exact same tally. This helps them separate themselves in the wild card race. In fact, it's a two-way tie for first place in the wild card standings right now between the New York Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. And wouldn't you know it, Toronto just two points back of Columbus. So how about the implications that this game ended up having on the playoff picture. And David Ayers, the first emergency goalie ever to pick up a win in the National Hockey League. His compensation, probably priceless. But the NHL paid him $500, and one could say they also paid him the experience of a lifetime. That's the story of David Ayers, hockey's darling this weekend. What a story that was. I mentioned that he was the first NHL emergency goalie ever to win a game, but he was not the first ever emergency goalie to appear in a game. I'll profile everybody else who's gotten into a contest on the other side of a break. This is one of these nights on KCOU.
computer than doing just about anything. It's really cool. The internet gave us a whole world of exciting new possibilities. So I guess this is a story of how it changed our lives. Changed our lives. Change your life. Change the way you do the internet. Go like KCOU on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at KCOU and on Instagram at KCOU881. Stay up to date on the latest online content, events, giveaways, and more. You may be right. I think they're being followed now. Don't look. Just play cool. So what are you waiting for, young keyboard warrior? The wonderful world of KCOU is just one click away. Tune in to Triple Threat on KCOU 88.1 FM. Catch Kyle Jones. And so then he said, all right, well, if I can't wear my helmet, I'm not playing. Chance Sticklin. I think that Bama every single year is the best college football team. And Cole Toosie. If Trubisky can get it done, the Bears will win a Super Bowl. He's the key. Tune in every Thursday morning from 11 to noon, only on KCOU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM, or on the TuneIn app. You don't want to miss it. Hello, Tigers. Welcome into Missouri Review. I'm Logan Franz. We start with Missouri men's basketball. The Tigers have now won three out of their last four, capped off with a home win over Ole Miss Tuesday night. Xavier Pinson has averaged a whopping 23 points per game in those contests, peaking with a career-best 32 against the Rebels. Tiger... Hello, Tigers. Welcome into Missouri Review. I'm Logan Franz. We start with Missouri men's basketball. The Tigers have now won three out of four, capped off with a home win over Ole Miss Tuesday night. Xavier Pinson has averaged a whopping 23 points per game in those contests, peaking with a career-best 32 against the Rebels. Tigers in action at Arkansas tomorrow with tip-off at noon. The Missouri women split a pair of home games in the past week. They took a loss last Sunday against Florida and topped Vanderbilt last night on the road. Haley Frank poured in a career-high 24 off the bench. As for the Diamond Sports, Mizzou Baseball 2-1 after opening weekend plays Kansas State on Friday, Utah on Saturday, and AM Corpus Christi at the Kleberg College Classic in the Lone Star State. Mizzou Softball won its first nine games and rose to number 17 in the national rankings, but have lost its last three games. Tigers have five games this weekend in the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic. That's all for this week. Until next time, this has been Mizzou in Review. I'm Logan Franz, KCOU Sports. Listen to the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. With Adam Rosen. In, in all seriousness, I, I, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Jack McGrath. Do you know what I think is an intimidating good name? Firehawk. Cannot have another Hawks. Where we'll combine sports and numbers. This is a 99 win. Oh, baseball yeah. team, a 100 win baseball team. That, that's a World Series contender right there. Every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., the Analytics Association on KCOU. Good morning and good evening, and thanks for listening to KCOU Columbia. I'm Barack Obama, and I approve this message. The ruling on the field is that... Instant Replay is KCOU's hottest new show. The previous play is under further review. Join me, Ben Greenberger, every Tuesday morning from 9 to 10 as I break down everything across the world of sports. If it happens in the NHL, MLB, NFL, or NCAA, you can bet you can hear it on Instant Replay. If you ever miss a show, be sure to head over to Twitter at Instant Replay MU to interact and catch up on what you missed. 
Rest assured, you'll be glad you used a challenge on this one. After further review, the ruling on the field stands. Are you looking for a breakdown of all the news and scores around the NFL and college football? What is What is not? Do you want to hear a deep analysis on the NBA and college basketball? Will I ever find love in this hopelessly romantic world? All those questions, besides that last one, will be answered on our new show, The Penalty Box, here on KCOU 88.1. Tune in on Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. where I, Peter Camp, and my co-host, Jack Knowlton, break down sports from around the country. We can't wait to see you there. Listen to Hate the Player, Not the Game on KCOU 88.1 FM every Wednesday with me, Lucas Owens. Shouldn't be expecting anything intelligent to ever come out of my mouth. And absolutely nobody else. Here's some of the worst segment titles in sports radio history. All right, that is all I have for the Zion Williamson weekly recap show. And a lot of other fun content surrounding the MLB, NBA, and Survivor winners at war. That's not the idol, what is it? I know. It has a face on it. Don't worry. Us? Make sure to tune in every Wednesday from 9 to 10 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM for Hate the Player, Not the Game. One of these nights rolling on on KCU 88.1 FM, talking a little sports history in the blue box and streaming wherever you get your podcasts. A word for Max Fix. Max Fix is a proud supporter of KCU 88.1 FM. It's located behind the U.S. Bank and the AMU Student Center and handles cracked screens and other electronic repairs. Thank you, Max Fix, for supporting KCU Columbia 88.1 FM. The show that talks sports history. On KCU 88.1 FM, we're talking a little hockey today. We're going pretty modern. There have been several instances of hockey history that have occurred already on the show, but we'll get even further into that. Already talked about David Ayers making an appearance for the Carolina Hurricanes. What a story that's been. It's been super enjoyable to learn more about him as that story has progressed. But he is not the only NHL goalie to ever enter a contest. He might be the only one to ever pick up a win. But there have been several predecessors before him. Most recently, Scott Foster for the Chicago Blackhawks after that huge hockey dynasty in the middle 20-teens. The Hawks had taken a step back at that point, struggling through a arduous 2017-2018 season. They missed the playoffs the year prior and got swept by the Chicago Blackhawks the year before that. This was a pretty rough season for them. They were coming to a head in late March, and they had really been bitten by the injury bug. Corey Crawford, the Blackhawks' starting goaltender, already missed most of that season, so the team turned to Anton Forsberg down the stretch. Well, in a game on March 30th, 2018, against the Winnipeg Jets, he went down in warm-ups, and that sent the Blackhawks and head coach Joe Quenneville scrambling. Colin D'Elia was forced in net. And he did pretty well through the first couple frames until about the six-minute mark into the third period. He, too, eventually went down to an injury. And Chicago's hand was forced. They had to turn to Foster, the 36-year-old accountant from Oak Grove, Illinois. 
Now, he wasn't a complete stranger to hockey. He played collegiately at Western Michigan. But ever since retiring his days with the Broncos, he had only played rec league hockey for about 10 years. Chicago already been slapped around due to injury. They were playing their third goaltender of the day. And Crawford stepped up. He manned the net for the Blackhawks for the final 14 minutes of that fateful day at the United Center. And he stopped all seven Winnipeg shots that he faced as Chicago went on to win 6-2. to two. He pitched a shutout for his part. And an unbelievable story. Scott Foster, prior to David Ayers, was the NHL emergency goalie story darling. He's not the only great story, however. Chicago also employed a goalie who had only previously played for the University of Temple. In a game against Philadelphia, they turned to him, and he didn't even get in the game. But Paul Deutsch of Minnesota in 2011 came very close. He came out and said to Sports Illustrated after the game that, quote, I came out in warm-ups, and I was lucky to even get a piece on one puck. I was getting blasted left and right. Other great quotes from him. He did not get into the game for Minnesota. Foster and Ayers are the only two ever to get into a contest in the NHL, as far as my research could find. But Deutsch had a great comment after he met with the media after the game. He said he started playing goalie when I was 37 years old. Quote, not very long. You know what? You play senior men's hockey and you show up to the rink and there is no goalie. If there's no goalie, there's no game. That's how I started playing. A matter of desperation forced Paul Deutsch in the net. And wouldn't you know it, he wound up with an opportunity to play for the Minnesota Wild in 2011. Every game, in case you missed it, is required to host an NHL emergency goalie. There has to be a trio of players available to go that can play for either team. How about Rob Tallis of Florida in 2014? Roberto Luongo, the former captain of the Vancouver Canucks Vezina Trophy winner, retired recently, one of the best goalies in the modern era. He went down before the game. So Big Bob was already out going into the game. Eddie Lack at the time was the Panthers' backup. So he was in net as the team turned to its goalie. But Lack took a collision late in the game. Rob Tallis told the media after that, quote, he tried to keep his calm because he knew that all the cameras were on him at that point. And that he did. Kept his calm on the bench and his full gear ready to get in the game. But luckily for the Panthers, Eddie Lack was ready to get back in the game. And they weren't forced to put in their goalie coach. Imagine that story. Tallis would have been the first player in the emergency goalie scenario, at least in the modern era, to get into a contest. Great stories all around. Scott Foster, Paul Deutsch, Rob Tallis. But I think the one that takes them all was David Ayers. Last night, in case you missed it earlier in the show, named the first star of the game in the Hurricanes 6-3 win. Took home 500 bucks, but really the experience of a lifetime. The 42-year-old Zamboni driver is the darling of the NHL media circuit this weekend. Two segments in the book. One of these nights, our hockey show rolling on on KCU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM in the blue box. Coming up on the other side with the NHL's trade deadline coming up on Friday, we'll talk about one player that was traded a whopping nine times. We'll give you the details of his story coming up. 
Everything baseball, designated for assignment, only at KCOU 88.1 FM. Listen to the Analytics Association on KCOU 88.1 FM. With Adam Rosen. And Rhea, in all seriousness, I, I, I can't wait for this game. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Jack McGrath. Do you know what I think is an intimidating good name? Firehawks. Cannot have another Hawks. Where we'll combine sports and numbers. This is a 99-win oh, baseball yeah. team, 100-win baseball team. That, that's a World Series contender right there. Every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m., the Analytics Association on KCOU. Listen to Murphy's Law every Sunday afternoon at 4 o'clock on KCOU 88.1 FM for your weekly NBA basketball fix. Listen to me, your host, Jacob Murphy, discuss the latest scores, rumors, and breaking stories going on in the league that never sleeps. Once again, Murphy's Law every Sunday at 4 o'clock on KCOU 88.1 FM. city and chaos. Businesses and organizations continue to plague their people with lame t-shirts. Now here's weather. Hey, newsman. My forecast. Head down to Dig It Graphics. Oh, where's Fred? Name's T. Shirts. Shirts. Cool custom shirts. Whether screen printed or embroidery, you'll have a 100% chance of looking good, baby. Can they print something that says I love mom? Sure can, mama's boy. Don't just wear it. Dig it, digitgraphics.com. Shirts! The True Falls Film Fest is proud to present the 2020 Musicians lineup and program. Performers this year strive to turn a bold face to the sonic future while fondly looking to music's past, including a deep roster of fest favorites and new standouts. Headliners include Dame Funk, Doom Squad, Chris Cohen James Tillman and many, many more. To view the full lineup, purchase a pass, find concert schedules, or simply get a better sense of True False music, please visit truefalse.org or find us on Instagram and Facebook. True False Music 2020. Keep your third eye open. Websites selling binary options claim they are low-cost, high-reward investments. What they don't tell you is that binary options are high-risk bets 
where the odds are stacked against you, that withdrawing money is often almost impossible, and the representatives will contact you with intense sales tactics or even threats. Protect yourself. Don't let anyone pressure you into making investments or quick decisions. Visit MissouriProtectsInvestors.com to learn more. Paid for by the Missouri Secretary of State's Investor Education and Protection Fund. In a world where two broke, starving college students have one mission, to break down the entire world of sports in just one hour. Hey, I'm Teddy Mallorca. And I'm Burke Bryan. Come listen to us Mondays from 8 to 9 a.m. on KCOU 88.1 FM to hear Milking the Clock. Hi, I'm Josh Bohm. I had the Josh Bohm Radio Fun Time program on KCOU from 2012 to 2016. I'm here to tell you to support KCOU. You'll make an old man in his 20s very happy. Preferred Walk-Ons, Mizzou's most insightful sports talk from your favorite bench warmers, is now available to listen anytime, anywhere. After every Friday's show with Ben Krakow, Chase Phillips, and Garrett Jones, we post a podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, the Anchor Podcast app, and anywhere else you get podcasts. We're also on Twitter, at KCOU Walk-Ons. End your week with Preferred Walk-Ons, a part of KCOU Sports, and now streaming. Tune in to one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM. Join host Garrett Jones to talk the weirdest and wackiest in all four professional sports. I'm on from Sunday nights from 5 to 6 on KCU 88.1 FM. And if you ever miss a show, catch it wherever you enjoy podcasts. It's one of these nights on KCU 88.1 FM.
Welcome back. KCU 88.1 FM, KCU.FM, and streaming wherever you enjoy podcasts. My name is Garrett Jones, wrapping up the show with a little sports history talk on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU.FM. After our broadcast, be sure to hop on over to KCU Sports. You can access that via our website at KCU.FM and catch the remainder of Missouri women's basketball and Ole Miss. Coverage continues on KCU 88.1 FM and KCU Sports. A big thanks to El Rancho, our title sponsor. The Tigers up 17-6 to so far against Ole Miss in a battle at the bottom in the SEC. This is the hockey episode. I've been excited to get this one for a long time on our show. Had a good time with it this afternoon. Hope you've enjoyed it as well. Already talked about David Ayers, the darling of the NHL last night after a huge performance in the Carolina Hurricanes 6-3 win over the Toronto Maple Leafs. Going to continue with some trade deadline talk because that is coming up right around the corner in the NHL. It is Friday for the NHL this year, the trade deadline. And I recently came across a video titled The Brett Ashton Story, Nine Trades and a Career. It came on the channel of Odd Man Rush on YouTube. So major props to them. This was a great video and inspired me to profile this on my show as well. You might never heard, you might have never heard of Brett Ashton. He was kind of a forgettable forward in the early 1980s and on into the early 1990s. But the one thing that really set him apart was he was traded nine times, counted nine separate instances in his career in the 1980s. So he was drafted by Vancouver and started out his career with the Canucks with those wonderful Black, red, yellow uniforms with the V across the chest. Those were dawn every night in British Columbia at that point. He played pretty well in his rookie year, but was shipped to Winnipeg in just his second season. Immediately, the same day, he was flipped right to the Colorado Rockies. And no, I'm not talking about the baseball team. At this point, the Colorado Rockies were a hockey team. And this was his first ever trade experience getting traded twice in one day. So he's already up to tally to two. He found himself with the Rocks for two years, including their final year in Colorado. That was actually the best year of his career. Statistically speaking, well over the 60-point mark. Eventually, the franchise moved to New Jersey in 1982, where Ashton has the distinction of being part of the first-ever New Jersey Devils team. He wasn't around for long, however. The fourth trade of his career came when the Minnesota North Stars acquired his right the very next year, where he immensely struggled. Ended up playing parts of two seasons with them. But after really dropping the ball in his se- the start of his second season, Minnesota shipped into the Quebec City Nordiques. Eventually, he started to play quite a bit with them. And he ended up playing 176 games for that franchise where he tallied 153 points. Ironically enough, the Nordiques would eventually move to Colorado and become the Colorado Avalanche. So, Rick Brent Ashton, very much ingrained in the history of hockey in Colorado. That was trade number five. After a really successful stint with the Nordiques, the Detroit Red Wings bought high and traded for him in 1987 
where he actually put together the first and only 40-goal season of his career, splitting time between the Nordiques and the Detroit Red Wings. That came in 1986-87. Winnipeg decided to buy high as well, where he stayed much longer than just the same-day trade. If you remember, that was the team that immediately flipped him to Colorado after the first time in his career. He ended up playing 222 career games with the Jets, where he tallied 161 points. However, as he finished off his 20s and entered his early 30s, the injuries really started to pile up, and Winnipeg couldn't wait on him anymore. The eighth trade of his career came when he was traded by Boston just days into the 1991 season when they approached the Jets about a one-to-one trade. He really struggled with the Bruins. Those injuries wouldn't leave him alone, and he actually ended up getting demoted to the the AHL, I should say, for the first time in his career in 1992. Boston couldn't wait on him either. They eventually flipped him to the Calgary Flames at the deadline in 1993. At this point, he was a 32-year-old, and he had already set the NHL record for the most teams traded by. Brent Ashton had a pretty forgettable NHL career, played in parts of two decades, but notable in the record books for nine different trades. Tyler Toffoli already flipped at the deadline. The Bruins bought high and traded for Andre Kasha last week. Who are going to be some big names flipped around at this deadline? There's some candidates that won't get in there only because... They've already retired from the NHL. One of them being Thomas Vanek. He was a player who, back when Overtime Live was a thing on KCU Sports, was a great candidate. He played as recently as last year, started and ended his career with the Detroit Red Wings. Played a long time with the Buffalo Sabres. New York Islanders sandwiched in between there, but Vanek not playing in 29 2019, 2020, I should say, he played for eight different teams. The man who tied Brett Ashton's record, the only player to do so, is Mike Sillinger. He played all the way up to 2006, and he too was traded nine different times. Sillinger started off his career much like Ashton, with a promising prospect. Started off with the Detroit Red Wings, then found his way to one of the first players ever on the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim roster. Eventually wound his way to the Vancouver Canucks, Philadelphia Flyers, Tampa Bay Lightning, Florida Panthers, Ottawa Senators, Columbus Blue Jackets, Phoenix Coyotes, St. Louis Blues, National Predators, and then finally finished off with the New York Islanders. He played a total of 1,049 games, racked up 240 career goals for a point total of 548 games over a playing career that stretched 1987 all the way to 2009. These players, all they have in common is longevity. Brett Ashton will go down as a player who set the NHL record for trade deadlines, moves. Mike Sillinger right up there with him. And if your player decides, your favorite team, I should say, decides to move one of your favorite players, just remember, that can always be worse. You can always be the recipient on the deal of those trades. 
So there you go. There's the hockey episode in the book for one of these nights. We're going to get off the air a little shortly, a little early today on a Sunday afternoon. Glad you were able to join us. Hope you're well wherever you're at. Hope you're feeling loved. Be sure to tune into the show. Call in anytime if you need support. I'd love to hear your voice. But I thank you to my audience for tuning in every week. We'll be back in a couple of Sundays, March 15th, the goal for the next show. Travel implications holding back from coming on air. I look forward to rejoining you then. But for now, I say thank you and God bless.